It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. And we are live. Michelle Lee, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Thanks, Labor. It's uh, it's my pleasure and uh, privilege. Well, the the line's a bit crackly, uh, Michelle. It sounds like you're uh, you're in somewhere with where cell reception isn't the best. Are you able to tell our audience exactly where you are as as we speak? Well, uh, yeah. If I, if you want to get really specific, uh, I'm at latitude three degrees twenty minutes six fifty eight seconds and longitude one seventy five degrees fifty five minutes five eighty five seconds west. So I'm literally in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I'm about one hundred and twenty nautical miles north of the equator, and uh, with with the goal to uh, head to Australia. So. Uh, I am on board an ocean rowing boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> it still tickles me pink every time I hear that, Michelle. And, and you heard that right, folks. Michelle is on a satellite phone in the middle of the ocean. She's made a, a special dedicated call for our, our very, very blessed audience today. And, and for what will be a podcast first for me, I broadcasting in from some remote location completely by yourself. And, and what day What day are you on now, Michelle? Uh, today is day 120. So I've, um, I departed Mexico uh, on the 8th of August. And, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's the longest I've ever been alone uh, in my life. <laughs> I'm guessing... 120 days by yourself allows for quite a lot of uh, self-reflection. What what are what, uh, yeah, I've had <laughs> What are some of the most uh, what's some of the most profound self-reflections that you've figured out? Um uh, well look, you know, I, I know that I'm very stubborn. I know that when I'm given a task, uh, I become quite obsessed with that task. So you know, it's sort of like um, a good trait to call on in these sort of circumstances, I guess. And, um, you know, I'm learning that uh, patience is, uh, you know, critical. <laughs> Becoming uh, able to accept what is, you know, I'm not in control. So learning, you know, just to accept the conditions and Mother Nature, she's the boss. Um, so really, I guess, in order to save energy and, and whatnot, acceptance over resistance is a big thing that I'm learning out here. 
uh, you know, learning not to resist it and just go with the flow, you know. It, it is what it is and, and you can only do what you can do and at the end of each day I sort of reflect on that day and sort of say, well, I know that I've done the best I can today and uh, you go to bed happy with that. So, you know, these are the things that I'm learning out here. It's, it's patience, it's acceptance and... Um, Draw on all of your, your traits that you have. You know, the stubbornness is, is actually a really good trait right now for me. <laughs> uh, but also, just to know that this is really such a privilege to be able to do this in my lifetime, you know, to take myself out of first world and uh, for this length of time and, and to actually do this. It, you know, thanks to so many people that helped me get to the start line. But it really is honestly such a privilege. Well, we are we are so grateful that you've decided to do this. It's not the first time you've been out uh, on the boat by yourself. You completed one other trip a little a few years back. Can you share with us what happened on that journey? Yeah, so um, twenty eighteen, I, I did the Atlantic uh, row, which was three thousand nautical miles, and uh, I guess that was my intro to ocean rowing. It was. Um, very different to this one, you know, the, the Atlantic versus the Pacific. Uh, very, very different experiences in terms of just the ocean, you know. Um, what I'm finding is the Pacific Ocean is extremely demanding. It's extremely hectic versus the Atlantic. The Atlantic was a piece of cake, if I <laughs> compare them. But um, mentally, I'm in a very different headspace and very different position versus the Atlantic. So... Uh, you know, I really didn't do any head work, any mental work for the Atlantic. I honestly thought that it would just be my uh, happy place. I just, you know, I thought that I didn't really like people that much. And I thought, you know, imagine being in a, a world without the demands of uh, social media, emails, texting, phone calls, you know, having to get back when I was running a business, having to get back to people, having to live up to the demands of people. And I honestly just thought, oh, my God, this is going to be my heaven, you know. Um, when in actual fact, the isolation factor was my biggest challenge. And um, and because I had sort of uh, not done any mental work, I struggled big time. So I guess doing the Atlantic first, it sort of highlighted my weaknesses. It highlighted the areas that I would need to uh, really strengthen if I was going to go into another ocean. Um, and on day 23, strangely enough, in the middle of the Atlantic, um, I, I sort of did throw that seed out there and I did say, you know, if I want to know another ocean, um, what would I do differently? And here I am, so be careful what you wish for, <laughs> be careful what you put out there to the universe, right? Um, but I prepared for this one. I, I prepared mentally. I did, uh, you know, the Jose Silva course and I, I, practiced it for two years diligently. I got very familiar with all of the techniques. I've, you know, been very Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've, I've read a lot of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden. So I certainly put myself in a very different position mentally and uh, and I can say that it's paid off. You know, like I, I've really done this um, row across the Pacific so far, 120 days in, mentally very strong. I haven't had any meltdowns. I haven't had any breakdowns where I was having them every second day on the Atlantic, you know. So 
Yeah, it, it pays off to, to do your homework. It pays off to source and seek the, um, you know, the professional courses that, that you're going to need and then to obviously practice it, have the time to practice it, which is, I think, the beauty of, of what I did was, you know, really getting familiar and having the, the trust and the faith in, in what you've just invested in. So that's the main difference is I've done the head work and um, I was so grateful. Well, it's so interesting. As you were sharing that, Michelle, I was thinking, you know, what value would it have been to have been taught a lot of the stuff that, that Joe Dispenza, the, um, the Silver Method, or Silver Method, uh, Bruce Lipton, you know, in school as we're kids growing up and, and teaching us resilience and uh, mindfulness and, and all the other amazing um, power that is derived from these things. And it's, we, we kind of have to f- like find it accidentally in life's journey. And quite often we don't find it until we're, you know, deep into our adulthood. And it's, uh, it's a shame, really, isn't it? Because prior to doing these rows, you, you don't come from a background of professional rowing, do you? No. So, um, you know, when I decided I was going to row across the Atlantic, I had never, ever held an oar in my hands. I would never, you know, the, the most rowing I'd ever done was on a Concept 2 uh, in the gym where you smash yourself to the point where you think when you get off that machine, you're just going to die, you know. And that was my relationship with rowing. It was virtually in a gym where you do two minutes, max effort, go, 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 go. And then you, you know, you have a real hate relationship with that, uh, sorry, the the rowing machine. So, yeah, when I decided to row the Atlantic, um, I I learned to row properly on the the erg and I committed to doing the world record, the one million metre world record, which... You know, that was ticking a lot of boxes for me. It was, A, teaching the rowing technique, which is extremely technical to do it properly and to, to do it for a extended limited period, sorry, an extended period. You have to do it properly, otherwise you're going to be injured in no time. So for six months, I trained on that erg and I followed a very specific program. It was 13 sessions a week. It was every Sunday for eight hours I rowed to a uh, specific time and cadence. Every Monday I was on that erg for six hours and then every other day of the week I was on there doing, you know, an undulating um, program. So it also uh, got my body ready for long-distance seminar endurance. You know, my body had to adapt to becoming that long-distance seminar endurance athlete as opposed to, you know, I had more of the quick muscle fibers, more sprint-style body. So... Uh, but also it taught me the importance of nutrition and hydration. So during that six months, I uh, worked out exactly how many grams of carbs I would need per hour, uh, how many mils of liquid I would need, and uh, I had a sports nutritionist. So it's really important to connect with the uh, professionals and just take the guesswork out of it because it's pure science. It really is. So, you know, what does a million metres, uh, a world record on an on an erg look like it was five and a half days rowing 14 hours a day at a pace of 2.30 per 500 metres at 18 to 20 strokes a minute. So that's what I did. I did five and a half days on that erg starting at 6am in the morning, rowing through till 10pm at night 
and uh, I rode in three-hour sets. So I, rode, I did four sets of three hours with a very strict timed half-hour break in between. And then I finished the evening with a two-hour rope. And um, in between all of that, you know, you, you're stuffing down your nutrition. I had to have 45 grams of carbs per hour with a full 2,000-calorie meal at the end uh, in the half-hour break. So it was, um, you know, full on, and it, it taught me so much, plus not to mention the mental resilience to sit on that machine for that many hours, you know, in that lead-up, in that six-month lead-up. Um, and then, of course, you know, I was building a boat at the same time. I was, you know, getting my boat prepped. So I, I'm sort of preparing my body. I'm sort of trying to get some sort of uh, credibility by doing the world record. I thought, you know, I've got to tick many boxes here. I've got to get some credibility because, you know, I'm knocking on sponsors' doors, asking for, for people to back me. And they say, well, what have you done? Who are you? So that's why, you know, it was suggested to go and get the world record. So at least you could say, well, I'm the world record holder of a million metres. Um, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, you know, we launched my boat in April 2017, and that is literally the first time I'd ever put an oar in water. <laughs> so then the learning began again, you know. The learning begins again. We've got to now learn how to row a boat <laughs> in, in a very, uh, you know, not on smooth water. It has to be on rough water <laughs> to mimic the ocean. I, I wonder if you'd... If you'd started out on the Pacific Ocean, given how much more intense and rough it is, that you would have considered doing the Atlantic 14,000-kilometre? Uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder myself, and uh, I actually don't think so. I reckon this would have been, I would have done this and gone, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> but, you know... I, I had a really nice time on the Atlantic, predominantly, most of the time. When I look back at all my footage, um, you know, most of the time, I was really having a lovely day, a lovely time. And then pretty much from day 46, uh, between day 46 and, and when I finished day 68, that's where my struggles began. But it's because, you know, things were going wrong with my boat. I was worried about my rudder falling off. I was, you know, my foot steering fell apart. I had to rebuild my foot steering. I was, you know, worried about my autopilot uh, burning out. Uh, so all these things just, uh, and your mind, you know, it, it, what I learned was you've got to learn how to control your mind. You really do. It can really get away from you and, um, you know, create high anxiety. I started to imagine things happening that, you know, never happened. And so that's what made me realize I, I need to learn the power of mind control. I can't control the environment. I can't control what Mother Nature does, but I had to control me and, and you know, um, have some techniques to draw on in those moments before it gets out of hand, before the anxiety becomes full-blown and, uh, you know, to the point of almost no return, which is pretty much what happened on the, the Atlantic from day 46 onwards. I struggled so, so much with anxiety. It was just high anxiety, and I've never suffered with anxiety in my life. So um, I'm not sure if this was my first rope. I don't even know that I would have coped, uh, certainly without the um, mental training that I've done, I definitely would not have coped. In fact, I think the first week I would have probably had to have aborted the bishop. Uh, you know, in the first week I would have been close enough to land to row back into land and I probably would have had to abort mission to be known. Fantastic. <laughs> 
I just I shake my head in disbelief every time I speak to you, Michelle, and and uh, been privileged to be on the receiving end of a couple of phone calls now while you're out in the middle of nowhere, and it just it it blows my mind. You know, I've, I've met and interviewed some spectacularly brilliant, fascinating people. And there's no one like you. There is no one like you. And I, and I know uh, there's a couple of questions I have that I know people will be very curious. As it stands right now, it's it's uh, pretty early in the morning. Is the sun up yet? Um, I'm sorry, did you say yes, it's very it, early in the morning? It's 5.30 a.m. It's still pitch black here. It's still pitch Okay, because I was going to ask you what you can see. But given it's given it's dark, what what could what was the last thing that you could see before the sun went down last night? Oh, so while I say it's pitch black, I mean like there's no sun in the sky. However, there is um, a half moon, and it it sheds so much light. It's got a small a veil of uh, cloud over it, but uh, when I look out, it's actually quite light thanks to the moon. Uh, and, you know, on a full moon, it's just spectacular. Oh, my goodness. It's really bright, actually. And, you know, I've got this gigantic hatch with the uh, opaque um, perspex. So, you know, the light, you know, basically comes straight through my cabin. My cabin is, is lit up. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, the sun goes down and um, depending on how much cloud there is, will sort of dictate and, and what where the moon's at and what stage is the moon at. But, you know, generally, of a night time, I stick my head out my hatch several times of a night time just to check the horizon, make sure there's no shipping, make sure there's, you know, nothing that I need to be concerned about. And I always look out and I look up at the sky and I catch myself having an oh, wow moment. And it's literally like, oh, wow. I do it like it's the first time I've ever seen it. You look up at the night sky... And the stars are just phenomenal. Like, it, it's truly an amazing universe. And I'm in awe every single time I see it. Um, there's nothing like it, you know, being in the middle of the ocean. Um, and on those nights where there there is no moon or the moon, you know, is very small, the, the stars are, you know, more brilliant. But, uh, yeah, it's it's quite phenomenal. And it, it's... Not as scary as people think. You know, they, they imagine being in the northern ocean at night time by yourself. Um, it's something that I think once you experience it, you go, oh, yeah, it's actually not such a big deal. But in your imagination, when you've never experienced it, I, I can appreciate that it's like, oh, my God, that would be so horrendously frightening. Um, but, yeah, I, I promise you I'm the world's biggest scary cat. And uh, it's really not that bad. Well, we're we're live streaming, obviously, and I've got this beautiful photograph of you out on the high seas. Uh, I've positioned myself so that we can see the boat, the still picture, while we're we're broadcasting your voice through the phone, which is uh, (laughs) is so inspiring. And and, um, I'd love to know, Michelle, what's, what's something really really embarrassing that you haven't shared with anyone else that you've been doing whilst on the boat? Oh, there's many things. So you become a bit animalistic, right? So you kind of eat like an animal. You kind of... <laughs> and stuff just go out the window, you know. And um, 
You know, I've got a, I make a pot of porridge uh, in the morning for my breakfast. Uh, so it's, you know, oats. And I put rice in there because I'm actually rationing my oats out now. I've only got 44 thirds of oats left. And so I'm bulking it up with rice so that I can drag out my 44 thirds to hopefully 80 thirds, you know what I mean, to last me the distance. So, but I also put some dried fruit in there, you know, whether it's some dates or some mango or dried apples. And normally at home you'd take out the chopping board and you would just chop it up into little, you know, fine bits and then add it. No, not on board Australian made. What I do is I just do it in my mouth. I nip, 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 between my front teeth. Nip, 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 nibble, 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 make it small bits and then just spit it straight into my, uh, my pot, my thermo flask with, so that's, that's how I chop up my fruit. Um, <laughs> not, you know, socially, socially very unacceptable. Um, and what else? Oh, the other morning I had the pleasure of uh, taking a um, morning ablution with uh, a bird on board. So I had this beautiful big bird on board and he just chose to sit on my deck right up the front at the bow where my, my bucket is. You know, my, my toilet facilities is, is bucket and chuck it. Keep it simple. And um, I had to venture up there to go to the toilet and... I'm thinking, I don't know if he's going to attack me because, you know, I don't know, he's not humanized, right? And how he even found my boat and landed on my boat during the night is like, wow. But anyway, so I go up there and I'm sitting on my bucket next to him. I had to actually video it because I'm thinking, you know, here I am with my new mate taking a crap on my bucket in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. People just won't believe this. This this just ain't normal. (laughs) So anyway, I don't know how many people will get to actually see that footage. But I, I, I video it because even in my own mind, I thought this is just too unreal to be true. Um, but yeah, more than anything, it's just you know a way with men as, and and you just do what you got to do, and and they're most socially unacceptable, really, the behaviour. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. With the animals, sometimes uh, when I've been out in nature, and and an animals caught my eye. If I'm Sometimes you feel like they're judging you, and <laughs> maybe that's what you experience as well. <laughs> you, do you do any singing out out uh, on the ship there on the boat? Sorry, do I do any singing? Do you sing? Singing. Oh, singing! Oh my goodness! Blame it on Spotify, I say. So since day thirty-one, I've had no music at all. Uh, I was on the understanding with Spotify, if you downloaded all your material and you kept your subscription open, you can listen to your stuff offline for as long as your subscription is open. No, that's not the case, people. You have to log on to that device every 30 days. And I don't have internet out here. So it was a bit of a rude awakening to realise that, you know, on day 31, oh, shit, I actually have zero music. So, yes, I do sing by myself without music and I never, ever know the, the right words to songs. Uh, my, my flatmate, she would hear me singing at home and she would just be correcting me in the background what the real words are. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't even sound right. You know, mine always sound much better, of course. So um, here I am, yes, I sing at the top of my lungs and uh, I only ever know a few words of the verse. <laughs> I sing completely out of tune. I have no ear for music. Um, so all that I can say is blame it on Spotify. 
Well, I'm afraid to tell you, Michelle, that had you asked me that question, I would have been able to tell you that was the case. So I'm, I'm sorry that you found out the hard way, but there's, there's a silver lining in all of these dark moments, I'm sure. Because you've got a you've got a number of audio books that you've that you've been able to listen to, which haven't been cut off. How many books have you got on your Audible? Yeah, I've got thirty seven titles, um, and they were all very carefully selected and uh, very consciously selected. So I've listened to all of them. I've lost count how many times now. So they they're just on a loop now, and I just alternate between you know. Um, uh, you know, where I want to go with my mind. I've got a uh, learn fetish. So uh, can I get off my boat and, and be able to speak basic Spanish? Well, uh, I don't know about that. We'll see, see how that goes. <laughs> see, oh, I've also got lots of um, Joe Dispenza's material, Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden. So I should be very zen when I get off. You know, I've done so many hours of guided meditation uh, while I'm out there rowing. And you know, you, you think really, it's the perfect environment. I'm, I'm removed from all of life's um, distractions. And here I am in full-blown mother nature, back to, you know, just basics. And I'm listening to this really powerful material about, you know, mind neuroplasticity, um, power of the mind, uh, healing yourself, and it's it's really quiet um, to listen to it under these circumstances versus at home with with distractions and with you know life around you. It's very very different. You take in so much more out here, and the more I listen to it, even though I've listened to them so many times, I still pick up things. And it's like I have these light bulb moments. Like, oh, I get that now. Because they're very big concepts, you know. Um, they're, they're powerful and, and, and big concepts. And, you know, like waking up in 5D with Maureen St. Germain, it's just all a huge concept to, to grasp. And sometimes it even feels like a new language, which obviously now I've listened to it so many times that it's getting more and more familiar. So there's definitely much benefit in being able to do what I'm doing uh, in these circumstances and the conditions and, you know, far removed from uh, people and, and the, the clatter, the clutter and the noise of first world, you know, just uh, the influence of, you know, social media and, I mean, I don't watch TV anyway and I have not had a TV since 2011 by choice. So I'm not influenced by anything on TV at all. I have no desire to ever own one. I have no desire to sit in front of one and watch one. I don't like the shit that comes out of them and made that decision in 2011. And uh, so, you know, I'm not not influenced by that. And, and in fact, before I left, I don't listen to a radio, I don't watch TV and I don't read a newspaper. So, you know, I'm very ignorant to what goes on in the world. And um, there's a conscious decision that I'm very, very happy with. Um, so I guess, you know, in terms of how much did you have to give up to do this? Well, I, my mind was already conditioned to uh, not having all of that clutter. However, I, I did have people, you know, you, you get involved in people's lives and their stories and their dramas and stuff. So I, I'm removed from that largely. And uh, all my people who I speak to 
I make that vote and they all know that I don't want to know one headline of the world. I don't want to know what's on in the world. Uh, I don't care to know if we've got a new prime minister or if China's been bombed or, you know, I just don't want to know any of the world. So I say to them, don't tell me about any deaths, births or marriages. Don't tell me about any headlines. Um, so it's going to be really strange when I come back, you know, when I do uh, reach land and, and I'm, I'm literally the only news of the world that I've received. And this is from one of my Mexican friends. They sent a text message saying the Queen is dead. And that's the only headline that I know. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be strange. But, yeah, my listening material is all just really powerful stuff. And, and um, I, I love it as much as I did the first day, you know. Um, I'm still learning stuff from it. So I wish I had more books, though. I do wish I did have some more. But, anyway, it is what it is. And, and I'll just uh, get to know this material very well. Well, I, I got a funny feeling that you're going to do another one of these, Michelle, and maybe a conversation between Spotify and Amazon uh, Audible to load you up on whatever it is that you need that won't expire. Uh, and and I and I will and I, I wanted to to bring this up. I know one of the books on your list is my book, Bet on You, and I'm curious to know how that has impacted positively or negatively your rowing so far? Um, you know what? It, you, when I, um, I, you know, I'll scroll through, I'll scroll through the, the playlist and depending what mindset you're in depends on what book I go to. I'm drawn to titles, right, based on my mindset at that time. Yours is a go-to book when I need to have a laugh when I need to, uh, when I do need a distraction and, and I just need, uh, um, my mind just to be able to go off and, and lighthearted listening, I, I go to your book. Even though in your book, whilst I laugh, I've cried as well, you know, because it's so raw and you're so like, you, you just, um, vulnerability. It, it's full of vulnerable moments and, uh, real moments where you share, uh, you know, the deepest, darkest moments in your life. Um, but, but you mix it so beautifully and balance it out so beautifully with the funny side of life and, and the way you tell the story. Oh my goodness. You, you literally have had me laughing and crying. And, you know, I've even done, oh no, you know, when I, when you tell a story. And, I get very involved with it, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm grateful that I have it on my playlist because it's um, it's one that I'll go to when I need to be uplifted, or I just need to be able to be in that frame of mind where you just sort of, you know, you're just listening and you're not, you don't have to concentrate. You know, when I listen to say Greg Braden, I'm concentrating. I'm in a very, uh, you know, um, concentration sort of state of mind where I'm trying to take it in and trying to. Uh, uh, sort of make sense of some of the stuff. So, yeah, no, I'm loving your book, and I know I'll hear it again before I finish. Uh, and it made me, when I finished reading it and listening to it, I thought, oh, man, I so want to do an ultra marathon with you. I just think it would be such a fucking blast. <laughs> Well, I, I promise I didn't set Michelle up for this. This is, this is amazing. And my first ever testimonial from the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So th- thank you very much for that huge shout out. 
Well, this speaking of books, Michelle, yours has just hit the shelves. Can you tell us about about this amazing creation that's just come out? Oh, well, I, I guess we can say, first of all, thanks to Jeremy Carter. Uh, so Jeremy is a life coach, and uh, he he so generously donated his uh, time once a week for months. He caught up with me to keep me on track, you know, and... Um, uh, just to, and, and he generously donated it and he did it so, with so much love and just genuine care and concern and, you know, um, and he literally kept me on track. And he, every week at the same time he'd ring and he'd say, right, where are we at? And, and what are we struggling with? And what are we to do? What's the priority? So he helped me sort all that shit out in my head that sometimes can feel completely overwhelming. And, um, one day we're sitting there and he said to me, so you want to write a book? And I said, oh, you know, I keep, there's a project that I sort of started and, you know, I put it away because I don't want to read. I said, I don't really know where to start. While I'm sitting there bitching and moaning about, you know, I don't even know he's sitting there scribbling on a piece of paper, the blueprint, how to write a book. And he scribbled it around, pushed it across the table and said, there you go, there's your book. Well, I followed it, and because I had him each week to be accountable to and to answer to, and I didn't want to disappoint him because he was donating this to me, right? He's generously giving of his time. So I I thought, okay, shit, I've got to write this freaking book now. And call it a COVID project. It, it all, you know, during COVID, it, it sort of, you know, so, so is this, by the way, but, you know, my preparations for the road, all this happened during COVID. Wow. And uh, so now I am tapping away at my laptop every day, you know, writing this book until before you know it, lo and behold, it's finished. And I had two of my beautiful friends, uh, Molly and Susie, they were my uh, proofreaders. So I used to send chunks of it to Susie. She would proofread it first and then she would forward it on. She'd make all the adjustments and make it look good. And then she'd send it to Molly who would do a final proofread. And then... Um, I got introduced to Michael Wilkinson from Wilkinson Publishing. So um, thanks to Ricardo Bozzi from um, uh, Australia One, long story uh, there, how I got involved with A1. But, uh, you know, uh, Michael Wilkinson published his book for him. So he said to me, you know, why don't you just have a Zoom meeting with Michael, a great guy, easy to work with, you know, it's your first book, you, you know, you can self-publish, but why would you when you can go with someone that can, you know, um, promote it and do everything, they've got the connections, they've got all the framework. And so he sat with me while we did a, a, a Zoom meeting with Michael Wilkinson and he said, just send me what you got, let me have a read of it. Anyway, and he loved it and he said, and he's been an absolute joy and pleasure to work with. He really has. And, you know, so together with Molly, Susie, Michael and myself, um, and I, I pretty much gave the girls free reign. Once I sent the book to them, I gave them free reign, and I, I just said, that's it. And I couldn't even read it. Uh, I've never read my book from beginning to end since I've written it. So I just used to write the chunks, send it off, and that's it. And then, you know, they, they sort of put it in, in an order that was more orderly than what I did. And then, you know, between them and Michael, I, I just let them go for it. And uh, basically, it's yeah, it's, it's due to be out on the shelves. It's going to be on the, you know, big W... Woolworths, Woolworths are stocking my book. Uh, it's going to be on Amazon, Dimmicks, and a couple of other bookstores. And um, 
I, yeah, it's going to feel a bit ah, isn't it, when I'm walking through Woolies and I'm like, oh my God, that's that's my book, that's my book right there. What's it called? What's the the name of the, what's the name of the book? What's the name of the bloody book? It's it's called Alone. Um, And it's got that that picture of my, me on my boat coming down the face of a wave, uh, which was taken in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. That's, that's Um, the photo we've got for your, that's the photo, photo we've got for your stream. Oh, Yeah. Okay, yes, that's on the cover, and and it was supposed to be called Solo, but just before they were due to print it, they realised that there's a a girl who has just walked around the globe, and her book was coming out around the same time as mine, and hers was called Solo, and hers was going to beat me on the shelf, so they've changed my title to Alone. Yeah, but she wasn't really, she wasn't really solo, was she, like... She's bumping into people. She's staying at hotels, I'm sure, and you know, you're you're you're, you're the you're the solo. I think Alone's a better name anyway, because there's a there's a Survivor style TV show called Alone, uh, and it's I, I think it's called Alone, where they go out, they drop them out in the middle of nowhere, and they've got to survive with the shirt on their back and maybe one one hunting knife or something. So that's more Alone. I think it's I think it's a better title. You know, funnily enough, one of my clients uh, used to watch that show a lot, and she used to tell me, Michelle, you've got to apply, you've got to go on it. And I said, well, what, what you know, where, where they dump them? Oh, they dump them in the middle, you know, in some, could be in Canada, in, in a, uh, you know, where there's a snow, bears. I'm like, fuck that, no thanks. That sounds fucking horrendously frightening. <laughs> and you know, it's up an ocean on your own, like, come off it. I said, no, 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 that sounds way more risky than what I'm doing. And, and no, I'd be too scared to do it. <laughs> it's funny, you know, your perspective, your perception, sorry, on um, different scenarios. You know, yes, I could row an ocean, but would I be game enough to go on that show? No way in the world. I would shit myself. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just row around the ocean by myself for seven, eight months. Yeah, that's, that's way less intense. <laughs> I do love this fun fact, though, that uh, at times during my row, the International Space Station is closer to humanity than me. I love that fun fact. Wow, that is cool. That is cool. So, Michelle, I'm conscious of the fact that you're relying on solar power to charge your sat phone, and without your sat phone, you can't get key crucial information that's, that's critical to your survival. So I'll allow you to wrap this up in a minute, but I want to know how do people find you and how do they track you for the rest of your journey? Uh, so you can go to my website, which is solorella.com, and uh, on there, all the links are there for, for my tracking device. I do have a tracking device, which requires an app on your phone or your laptop, and the app is called YB Radio. So Y for yellow, B for black, uh, and it's actually um, sorry, yellow brick, yellow brick races. So YB races is the app that you need to download, and then you need to search my event, which is Great Pacific Road, uh, and then that that shows you uh, every two hours you get an update of where I am exactly in the middle of the ocean. It'll give you my uh, latitude and long, my position. Uh, and you can see my track. You see my track going across the ocean. 
uh, Sydney bound. Um, I'm aiming for Sydney, which, uh, you know, we, we won't actually know if I can get to Sydney or, you know, if I have to end up anywhere on the east coast of Australia. Um, we won't know what until I'm much closer. And uh, my weather router, Roger Batham, who I, I have the world's best weather router, number one, honestly, he's, he's phenomenal. He's, his credentials are just off the chart. And I pinch myself all the time that I have him as my weather router. So uh, he's world renowned. You know, he's done the last 40 years as the American's coffee route for, you know, the number one boat. <laughs> and uh, he does the uh, crossing every year, the uh, Sydney to Hobart. He does the Formula F1. He routes for uh, the uh, Ferrari team and has done for 17 years. Like, he's just got a, a phenomenal history and credentials. And, and I just feel so lucky that I have him as my weather router. So uh, we'll, he'll decide where he's going to send me closer to, um, you know, when I'm much closer to Australia. But, yeah, if you go to solorower.com, there's lots of videos on there about my boat, you know, the boat building process, which I got involved with very intimately. Um, and there's, you know, lots of photos, videos, but also the link to the tracker is on there. Or you can just go straight to YB Races and get the app and follow me on there as well. Um, you'll find me on Twitter. Uh, I think I'm called Dollar Rower on Twitter. Um, but if you just Google Michelle Lee, a lot of stuff comes up now and you can just uh, you know follow links here, there and everywhere. Uh, there's a YouTube channel as well, Michelle Lee uh, YouTube channel. So I like put just videos of you know my prep, my preparation to get here was huge. Uh, you know, and it was two years. So... A lot of those videos of, you know, the challenges, the obstacles, you know, some hardship and, and then obviously, you know, uh, the good news is we overcame because we're here, we're doing it. So, you know, if you need to be inspired, <laughs> go to my channel because, you know, they are of challenge and they are of overcoming and, and you know, goal setting and planning and, and I, don't, I don't hold back. I share all that because I want people to know that, you can do anything. You've just got to have that desire. You know, you've got to have the desire to do it. You've got to have the belief in yourself and then expect that it can happen if you, you do something every day towards it. Uh, it it's, it's a simple plan. The, the blueprint is simple. Uh, and it just means you've just got to take some action and, and really want it, you know. Uh, when, you, when you read my book, I share a lot on the, the power of manifestations and, and that's how I've done what I've done. It's, you know, through mindset uh, and it's through, you know, raising your own vibration and your frequency to attract what you need. These are the messages that I really would love people to sort of get out of what I've done and to know that, you know, if I can row an ocean, you can do anything. And we've all got so much more in the tank uh, than we think. You know, when you think you've got nothing left, and then I say I had 22 days because, you know, the last 22 days of my Atlantic Road were a big struggle, but uh, we got there, you know. So, yep, go to soloroller.com. Well, Michelle, we we haven't even scratched really the surface of uh, some of the adversity that you've gone through and the challenges. And what I'd love to do, if you're open to it, is have you back on in a couple of weeks, uh, see how things are progressing and, and talk about some of the political challenges that you've had to endure to get where you are today, things that are, that are very close to my heart and certainly to yours. And uh, I think that might be a good continuation from what is honestly, I, I'm struggling to find 
a more inspiring scenario that I've been exposed to. And to be so close to you uh, is a real honour and a thrill. And we are so grateful that you're able to take 43 minutes of your day uh, where you need to be rowing and getting that, that little behind of yours back to terra firma. So we're very grateful. And uh, do you have any concluding thoughts for our audience before we wrap it up today? Uh, yeah, just uh, face each day with excitement. Face, go to bed each night as if tomorrow you're going on an excursion. You know, remember those feelings when you're going on an excursion and you had all your full of anticipation and, you know, uh, you woke up with a spring in your step. And I, I just, yeah, face each day with that and, and with love and joy. Raise your vibration and I, I promise you, your world changes very, very rapidly. So uh, the simplest way to do it is to think of those moments where you were in joy and gratitude. Uh, gratitude is huge in terms of raising vibration. And um, and you watch your world change. It's phenomenal. So there you go. Take that away with you guys and girls. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for your time. And, um, yeah, just, just uh, go and love life. Love life. Ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Lee. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O. ES.com